So if you don't know me, my name's Raina. I'm married to Jason, who is the pastor, which happens to make me the very confusingly titled to me, pastor's wife. Other people don't really, I mean, I never go somewhere and somebody introduces someone as this is my plumber's wife, or this is, this is my electrician's wife, or this is, this is a businessman's wife. But I get introduced like that all the time. And to me, it just means that I'm happen to be married, you know, to a pastor. That's all that it means. But I know other people have different ideas because I get asked all kinds of questions all the time. And probably the main one is, yeah, but what do you do? And so I've been trying this answer out on people. Oh, my job? Yeah, what do you do as a pastor's wife? Oh, I have a very important job. Are you ready? My job is to sleep with the pastor. (laughs) And so I've been trying that out on people. Just seeing how it goes. And listen, I got that from another pastor's wife. So this is a thing, people. This is a thing. So that's a public service announcement for you. But... You may have different ideas about a pastor's wife and what that means. And maybe just people in general, you think that, you know, people in in ministry in general just float along through life on the wings of angels and angel kisses and angel fairy dust. And my husband's probably told you enough stories about me that you know already that's not true. But in case there's any lingering doubt, I I think I want to dispel that today. And I think we will. Um, I came to know Jesus when I was 20. After really an exceptionally full life of sin, it's quite remarkable how much you can fit in those first 20 years if you don't know the Lord. (laughs) And I did. But we were getting premarital counseling at a church. We were going to be married in 10 days. And I had put it off and put it off. And finally, the church said, listen, if you don't come, you can't, you can't get married here. And we'd already sent out the invitations and everything. So it was like I had no choice. And I wasn't interested in it at all. But I went, and instead of talking to me about marriage, they talked to me about Jesus And I had never heard about Jesus. I had heard about Jesus at Christmas. But beyond that, I had no idea that this was God's son, that he went to the cross for me, that the cross he climbed on, that he chose to climb on, was my cross. And the death that he died was my death. And it was so amazing to me. And he said, would you like to accept this Jesus? And I said, yes. Who wouldn't accept this Jesus? I don't understand. Yes. I've been waiting my whole life to hear about my knight in shining armor, my rescuer. And I accepted him, and I was completely changed, utterly changed. Poor Jason did not get the lady that he asked to marry him at the altar because I was that changed. But it's worked out all right, I guess. We're still together. Um, But even though I was so changed, and it was light and dark, I went in there dark, I came out light. Um, Even though that happened, I still carried for years and years and years and years a ton of baggage. And I still carry baggage, but not as much as I used to. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about baggage and baggage as it relates to this passage in Matthew 11. And I've titled the sermon, it's titled Transformation, the Great Exchange, and we'll get to that later. But first, let's read Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And this is Jesus talking. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Listen, we all have baggage. 
Every last one of us has baggage. The person that you see every week, and maybe you have like a particular row that you sit in and you see them on the other row and you kind of eye them every Sunday and they always look so nice and put together and you think that they have everything together and their life must be perfect. They got some baggage. Let me tell you, they have baggage. Um, your mama, your daddy, your grandmama, baggage. Everybody that you lock eyes with this week has some baggage. And so it's kind of a common denominator for us. And that's why the scripture is so beautiful because it's not just for one person or another. It's for all of us. Um, I have some baggage here. The thing about baggage first though, is you're going to do one of two things with it. You're going to carry it with you forever. You're going to carry those jokers with you forever and ever, everywhere you go, everything you do, or you're going to unload it somewhere. And we want to talk about unloading it with Jesus. And I think that's what this verse is about. But this is my baggage. This is my favorite baggage. This is my Betsy baggage. I love my Betsy baggage. I think that my Betsy baggage is very cool. If you do not appreciate Betsy baggage, well, two things. First of all, what happened to you in your life that made you that way? That's sad. That's sad. Come on now. But if that's you, nevertheless, you're here. You just insert your idea of cool baggage. But to me, my Betsy baggage is cool. And everywhere I go, when I carry my Betsy baggage, I just think people are looking at me. I just think they're looking at me and they're saying, she is so cool. Because she has that Betsy baggage. But the thing is, is I don't have just one little Betsy baggage. I have a lot of Betsy baggage. And I can't help it. Wherever we go, I take all of the Betsy baggage. All of it. It's all going. And I, I know that this is not right. I know that I can get by with less, but it's such a part of me now that I can't seem to not take it. I have collected it. I have loved on it. I have gazed on it. I have talked about it. It is mine. This is, how I col- this is what colors my world, and everywhere I go, I take it with me. And I think about this. Why do I do this? Um... Because I know that it's too heavy, and I know that it slows me down. So if I know those things going on a journey, why do I still take it with me? What would happen if I decided not to take all of my baggage with me? What would happen if I decided to let go of some of it? My heart constricts at the thought because I think, but this defines me. This is me. We carry so much spiritual, emotional, mental baggage in our life, and it's weighing us down. And it's making our journey to that place God has for us take a lot longer because we're, he- we're heavy laden. We carry heavy burdens, and Jesus wants to give us rest. You know, some of the bags that we carry we think are good, and then some we know are not good. But yet we carry them. We carry bags of sin. We carry bags of guilt. We carry bags of shame. We carry bags of pride. We carry bags of regret. We carry bags of I have to be in control. I have to be in control. I have to be in control. We carry all kinds of bags with us. And we get a glimpse of our future sometimes, maybe in a room like this. And we hear somebody talk about something and we think, man, could that be me? Could, Could I do that? Like, Maybe you hear somebody talk about an awesome marriage, and you think, could I have an awesome marriage? Or could I be that great parent who leads my kids in the ways of God? Could I bring the light of the love of the Lord into my workplace? Could I lead a small group? All these things, and, and, and hope starts to rise in your heart when you hear those things. Like, maybe it's possible. 
And then you just get so exhausted by the thought of all the things that would have to change in order for that to happen. And I want to challenge your thinking a little bit today. What if it wasn't so much change that needed to happen as a big release that needed to happen? So keep that in mind as we go. This is point one. Come to Jesus with your weariness and your burdens. I almost just put come to Jesus because we could have just said that and gone home. Come to Jesus. That'll solve 75% of your problems. Come to Jesus. But this is what he says. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So come to Jesus with your weariness and your burdens. And that seems self-explanatory, yet from my own experience and in conversations with you, I know that we don't always do this. It occurs a lot of times at the point of salvation. This can keep people from coming to know Jesus in the very first place because people may have the mindset of I have to do something with my baggage before I come to Jesus. And my grandfather was like that. My whole family was uh, from Iuka, Mississippi. I'm, I was born in Memphis, but just barely made it there. And a whole family is Iuka, Mississippi. My grandfather, just this old country guy, great country guy, never saw him out of a pair of overalls, ever. Wedding, overalls. Funeral, overalls. Any occasion, overalls. And he was just this great guy. After I came to know the Lord, I just talked to everybody about Jesus. You check him out at the grocery store, we're going to talk about Jesus. You call me, we're going to talk about Jesus. So I was talking to my grandpa about Jesus. You know, don't you want to know about Jesus? Don't you want to accept this Jesus? And he, this is how he talked real slow. Raina. And where I'm from, everybody gets two names. So Raina Lynn, I can't do that. Why, grandpa? And he had this list in his head. And I don't know where he got this list, but it was deep in him. He carried this list just like we carry these bags. And this was his list of sins that he would have to give up. I'm not telling you that these are sins. Hear that loud and clear. But my grandpa thought these are sins and that he can't come to Jesus as long as he has these. So he would say, I can't come to Jesus until I'm ready to quit my poker playing and quit my whiskey drinking and quit my tobacco. And I'd be like, Grandpa, Jesus don't care about none of that stuff. Come on. But it blocked him because he thought he had to fix himself up and lay his baggage down before he came to Jesus. And if that's you today, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you from my own experience, because I've never met someone who carried more bags to Jesus than me. I carried a ton of baggage to Jesus, and he accepted all of it. He never once said to me, okay, come on, come on, all right, all right. Oh, whoa, 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 I didn't know you had that in there. Oh, turn it around, sister. You go back and clean that up. You go back and clean that, take that stuff out. Take it, take it, take it out. You can't come in here with that. Never once, never once. He just accepted me. So if that's you, I tell you from my own experience, but I also tell you from the word of God, come to me he, with all of your weariness and all of your heavy burdens, go to him. And you know what? Let me tell you a secret that set me free years and years ago. You don't ever have to tell a single person what's in those bags. It's just between you and Jesus. That's why, you know, I, I, I came from a life of heavy sin, but you'll never hear me highlight that. And you'll never hear me give you a list because I don't want to highlight the sin. I only want to highlight the healing. And Jesus is the great healer who accepts all your baggage. So if that's you, hey, you can get rid of that today. But for those of us who already know Jesus, that can block us from getting closer to him because, I mean, maybe you love the Lord with all of your heart and soul, and maybe you want to serve him, but you get exhausted like literally exhausted, not the kind of exhaustion that sleep can cure. 
but the kind of exhaustion that makes you question everything about your life. And that exhaustion comes from carrying heavy burdens. I've been there. I know from talking to you that you've been there. And Jesus knew we would be there. That's the cool thing. That's why he put this passage in here. He knew we would think that. He knew we would want to think, well, come to Jesus after. Come to Jesus when I can get this cleaned up. Come to Jesus after this. Or or, don't take Jesus this. He wants all of you. Baggage and all. He wants everything. And I love that he said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Because those two are linked. You're weary because you're carrying heavy burdens. We're so weary from carrying all these things we were never meant to carry. We were designed to give them to Jesus. I know for years I carried bags and bags and bags of fear and worry. Well, let me just stop here and say that these are socially acceptable bags to carry. And so I have many more bags that I will not be sharing with you today. Um, but lest you think that this is my only baggage, it's not just... But it was heavy. It was very, very heavy. And everywhere I went and everything I did, fear and worry were right there with me. If I was cooking dinner, fear and worry. If I was praying, fear and worry. If I was ministering to teenagers, fear and worry everywhere I went. I'm going to tell you a funny story. This is not one of the more damaging stories that happened because of fear and worry, but it is one of the more insane ones. We went on summer, this thing called Summer Survivor. We did a retreat every year when we were in youth ministry for kids. And it was about three hours outside of Memphis. And we would take, Jason would drive a bus because our youth group was large. So we couldn't do it all at once. We did it by grade. And so Jason would drive the bus, load them up with whatever grade, drive them to this beautiful lake house, glass windows, um, so gorgeous in, in, on the lake in the woods and down in this canyon. And um, it, it was just awesome. But then he would, we would do this retreat for a couple of days and he would go back with them. And when the, in that house, when it was full of teenagers and the sun was up, it was so beautiful and breathtaking. But when everybody left except me and my two small children who were of no help to me in this area, um, and, and the sun went down, it was terrifying. Every horror movie I had ever seen in my entire life <laughs> would just play through my brain. And I had already been dropping hints to Jason, and he had given me some instructions, which I'll tell you about in a minute, but I was so scared, and so I called him, and I knew he had just gotten done preaching, and he was three hours away, but I said, I can't do it. I cannot stay in this house by myself, because you couldn't see anything out, and I just convinced myself, there was an army out there, there was an army of people coming for me. And he was like, Raina, don't do this, I'm ready to go to bed, please. And I was like, no, you're going to need to come back. And he was like, don't make me come back. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So this is what I did, I started to manage my fear and worry. See, that's what you think. You have to remember this about baggage. When you have baggage and you carry it with you, you have to make room for it. Everywhere you go, you have to make sure that there's room for your baggage. If you're in a marriage, you got to make sure there's room for your baggage. If you're intent on carrying it, parenting, you got to make room for your baggage everywhere you go. And everything you do, you have to make room for it and you have to manage it. So in my insanity, I decided I will manage my baggage and I will be fine. Jason, these are the instructions he had given me. If you think somebody's coming for you, this is what you do. You take the kids, and you go to the basement door, and you open it real real softly, and you tiptoe down the basement steps, and you go way back in the basement bedroom with the sliding glass door, and you open it real quiet, and you take the kids out, and you close it real quiet, and then you walk out down the woods, down to where the boat is, and you get in the boat. You don't start the boat. You push off from the bank. And then when you're far enough away where nobody can get in the boat with you, then you crank it and you go for help. 
all day long. I'm like, you go to the basement door. You go down the basement steps. You go to the... All day long, I'm rehearsing this. I'm rehearsing this. So when it's time to manage my baggage, I'm ready. And I just think, we'll just skip that step. We'll go straight down to the basement. We'll go straight down to that basement bedroom. There's no reason to keep rehearsing that step. We'll do it. Never mind that there had been teenagers sweating in those beds all week after days on the lake, not showering. I'm like, kids, it don't matter. Germs are our least enemies right now. Get in the bed. We're, we're, we're fine. And I, there was a pool table there. And I took the pool sticks. And I went up the basement steps. And I barricaded that basement door with those pool sticks. So I was like mom home alone. I was, I was very intense about it. And then I, I thought, well, they, they might be clever and be able to get through that door. So I took the pool balls. And I staggered them because what if they came down one side of the You can't put them on just one side of the steps. You have to put them on both. So I staggered them and I stood back and I'm like, yes, this is, this is right. And I took an extra pool stick and I sat on that pool table all night just staring at those steps, waiting for something that would never happen. This is a small town in Arkansas with maybe a population of 500. There was nobody coming for me. Even if they brought their whole town, there still wasn't that many of them. It was insanity. And it sounds like such a joke now. And I was so ashamed of myself. It took me years to tell anybody that story. I was so ashamed of what I did. But I was managing my baggage. I had to. Because I wasn't going to let those bags go. I wasn't going to crawl into a bed and sleep. It sounds ridiculous. It wasn't until I began to question why I was so exhausted in my walk with the Lord that I began to see I was carrying all kinds of stuff that I shouldn't be carrying. And it didn't help me at all that I thought these were good things to be carrying. Like Betsy, they were cute things to be carrying. I honestly thought, well, if I didn't worry about it, then who would? If I wasn't scared of every boogeyman, then who would be? I thought I was supposed to be doing this. And it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I wonder if I asked you, how many of you carry around your bag of self-righteousness? Because if you don't tell people how to live, who will? Or maybe you carry around your bag of bitterness, because if you don't remember that wrong, who will? Or maybe you carry around your bag of guilt, because if you don't pay for that sin, who will? Jesus already has. Jesus already knows all about your sin and pay the price for it. Jesus knows about that wrong done to you. And he's going to help you through it. Jesus knows about all of that. And it's Jesus' job to tell people how to live. This is why this passage is so beautiful. Because he made the way. This is not an empty promise. He made the way to come with your weariness and your heavy burdens. He stands with arms wide open to take all your baggage. He's strong like that. He can handle it. And then when you do that, you receive his rest. Number two. Same passage, the end, I will give you rest. Do these things. And it's so simple. What things? Come to Jesus with your weariness and your heavy burdens. We're all weary. We all carry heavy burdens. Come to him. You'll receive his rest. That's a promise. Jesus, he was talking to people here who were very weary. He was talking to a group of people who, you know, God had given the law to Moses way back when. And God had given them a few laws. He, they were straightforward, they were simple, and they were for his people. And, but the religious people came along, and they made more than 500 laws to ensure that you didn't break the original law. That's crazy town. And Jesus knew it was crazy town. That's why he came. He, he 
And that's why he didn't do all the little things that they were telling him to do. And over and over in the New Testament, you'll see, well, Jesus, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? It's because Jesus knew this is not God's law. This is man-made law. And uh, for instance, keep the Sabbath holy was one of the things that he had told his people to do. Well, the religious people thought, well, in order to keep the Sabbath holy, we need to do A, B, C, D. We need to not handle money on the Sabbath. So they made that a law. We need to not... Um, mess with our animals on the Sabbath. So they made that a law and they're just making out laws out of thin air. And so he was talking to these people who were so heavy laden with these man laws, man-made laws. And, and, and you may think you can't relate to that, but I think you can because how many of us say, Oh, well, I should be doing this. I should be doing, Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing this. All of our should have's and shouldn't have's and wish I would have's and all of that. Hey, Jesus knows you're heavy laden. You have to come back to center and you have to release the things that are outside of the word of God in your life. You have to examine that. that that's the beauty and adventure of knowing Jesus. You can examine these things and things that aren't him, you can let it go. And I hope that you do that. Let it go. Lay it down. To receive the rest that he's talking about, you've got to have free hands. And he died to give you free hands. John Maxwell tells this funny story about this guy. He's driving in a convertible on a mountain road, and he takes a turn too fast, and his car, you know, goes over, and he's ejected from the car, and he grabs a hold of this tree on this, you know, coming out of the side of the cliff, and he's screaming, you know, help, 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 can anybody hear me? Nothing. Help, 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 God, can you hear me? This thunderous voice comes, you know, yes, I can hear you. Can you help me? Yes, I can help you. Do you believe in me? Yes. Yes, I believe in you. Do you trust me? Yes, 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 I trust you. If you trust me, let go of the tree. There's a long silence, and he says, Can anybody else hear me? (laughs) And that's what we like. We like to make all kind of battle plans for our baggage, to manage them, to repack them. In truth, many of the things that are going on in our life, we just need to let it go. If you want to embrace all that God has for you, you got to let go of some of your bags. It's scary, I know, because you've been carrying those jokers your whole life. I understand that. But to receive that rest and to be able to grab a hold of it, you have to have a hand that's available to grab a hold of it. And maybe it's not all at once, and I get that. I get that you're not, it's not this, you know, maybe, maybe it will be a miracle Sunday for you, and you will lay down every single bag that you have, and boy, wouldn't that be awesome. But in my experience with the Lord, Um, things that I have been, you know, delivered from, set free from, it hasn't happened all at once. It's been a journey. And the reason for that is because God wants to be on a journey with me. He wants to walk with me. And so it's a process. But maybe you'll lay down a bag today. Maybe you'll lay down something that you've been carrying for so long, and you'll be able to release it. And then maybe next week, this passage will come to your mind because you read it already. It's in you. The Holy Spirit has full reign to bring it back out of you. So it'll come back to mind and and you'll think, man, I can, I can lay that down. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And on and on it will go. And that's my hope for you. And that's my prayer for you. Um, I'm not saying um, it's easy, but it's freeing. So that leads us to point three, which is let him teach you. Some versions say learn from me. And I think this is the how. How, like that sounds great, but how do I do that? 
because I know that I've done those first two steps like dozens of times. I have come to him with my baggage and then I have received his rest. Um, and here's how it looks for me. I'll go in and I'll have some prayer time, you know, and I'll pray to the Lord and, and I'll, and I'll talk to him and I'll tell him about my baggage and I'll maybe list out my baggage and, and I'll ask him for forgiveness for my baggage. And, you know, I, I just sit in his presence for a minute and then I say, amen. And then I pick up all my bags and I go about my day and I didn't leave a single one there. And I think, you know, I think, well, at least I had a few minutes, you know, of peace. But Jesus didn't die to give you a few minutes of peace. He, he died to give you a whole life of peace here and then an eternity of peace there. And the how, the million-dollar question, how do I lay down my bags, I think he answers it. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is our model. He is what we are supposed to aim to be. Everything about Jesus Um, We're supposed to pattern our life after him. And you can't pattern your life after him if you don't know him in an intimate way. If you're not having an active daily walk with him, reading about him, learning from him. Um, It's possible to live in freedom. This verse from the message I love, it's Galatians 5.1. Christ has set us free to live a free life. Hello. He set you free so you'll be free. He didn't set you free so you could carry some cute bags around. He set you free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never let anyone, never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. And I would say that anyone includes you, the person you look at in the mirror. Don't put a harness of slavery on yourself. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So let him teach you. It takes work on your part. The how is not an easy how. It's a hard how. But it's, it's available for you. Um... Because the thing about it is those bags you're carrying, they're only going to get heavier. You think you'll build up some muscle and be able to take it, but you won't. Because every day you'll stuff more in there. You'll stuff more, more fear, more worry, more pride, whatever it is. And they'll get heavier and heavier. You'll get slower and slower. You'll get more and more exhausted. The only way is to learn from him how to lay it down. There's instructions through the whole word of God about baggage. Um, for, for me, in my personal experience... I came across a verse in Philippians, and it says, Do not be anxious in anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Those are very plain instructions. Listen, Raina, you're carrying that bag of worry. No, no, no. Don't be anxious about anything. But hey, in order for you not to be anxious about anything, here's what you do. You come and you pray, and you give me your petitions, and you thank me. And those are instructions. And then the Word of God is full of instructions. How many of you have Googled or asked Siri just this week for instructions? Jason told me you guys would be, like, hesitant about raising your hands. Like, half of you are dirty liars right now. Half of you. (laughs) I'm going to assume you all have Googled or asked Siri for instructions. Or you have Googled or asked Siri. You've asked your friend to Google or ask Siri for instructions. And that's how we like it. Because it's instant. We just want to... We just want to know, what do I need to do and do it? I mean, if I type in something, how to in Google, and it doesn't show up in two seconds, like I refresh the page, like what is wrong? Like I asked you a question and that's what we, that's what we think following God is like. That's why the how is hard because we just want to say, how do I lay down that bag? Oh, no answer. Well, then I'll just manage it. When really he wants to, he wants you to wait on him. He wants you to listen to him. Um, He wants you to actively 
learn from the word of God what you're not supposed to be carrying. Because maybe you're like me and you didn't know you weren't supposed to be carrying it. When you're actively learning from him and you're reading the word of God, the Bible, he, he's able to say, hey, see that bag there in your hand? You're not even supposed to be carrying that. Would you give it to me? And it's not a harsh voice. It's a, it's a loving, kind voice. He wants to take that burden from you. And, and it takes time to spend time in the word of God. It takes time to ask him. And it takes time to listen for his answer. We want a Siri Holy Spirit that we can put in a box and keep in our pocket. And we want to pull Siri Holy Spirit out and say, tell me what to do, Siri Holy Spirit. And when it's not, inter- when it's not immediate, then we get frustrated. And, and we don't follow through and we don't wait. God is not a Siri Holy Spirit. God wants a relationship with you. I do not have a relationship with Siri. I curse Siri sometimes because of the things she writes in my phone. I'm like, that's not what I said, Siri. Get yourself together. I do not have a relationship with her. And Jesus is not interested in that. You spouting out something and he giving something back. You know what God is more like? When um, C.S. Lewis wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and he's like painting this like novel word picture of Jesus when he's talking about Aslan and and Lucy asks Mr. Beaver about Aslan is he safe and Mr. Beaver has this awesome response that I feel like Jesus is also like safe who said anything about safe of course he isn't safe but he's good he's the king I tell you Jesus isn't safe God in your pocket but he's good He is good. He's the king. And he has this great adventure for your life. Such a great adventure. He wants to do things in your life. You hear about adventure sometimes and you think about traveling different places and doing different things. And maybe you're like, well, I don't think I want that kind of adventure. Being in a great hot and spicy marriage, that's a great adventure. Being an awesome parent who leaves a legacy for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, that's a great adventure. Being a person who finishes their race in a world of people who do not finish their race is a great adventure. And God has all these things for you. And he's written the next act and he's ready to pull the curtains back and reveal this next act for you. But you got to go in with empty hands. You can't, you can't go into that with all this baggage. And the way to lay that baggage down is to learn from him. Learn from him. Let him teach you. You won't know how to lay down your particular baggage for your particular journey. And you could ask me, this is my baggage. What do I do? And I may not know, but, but God knows. And his word has an answer. And that, that adventure for you, it's wild and it's free. But you have to be free to live it. Learning from him also, just as much as learning how to lay down the baggage, is also learning how not to pick up bags that you're not supposed to pick up. Some of us feel like we were just born with all this baggage, and partly that's true. Um, People put a lot of baggage on us, um, and we accept it without laying it down. But the thing about learning how not to pick up baggage is very important, too, because I know that in my walk uh, with the Lord, when I'm reading and learning from Him, sometimes I will, will realize that I've picked up some more fear and worry. But it's more like a pocketbook. 
of fear and worry instead of this big, huge baggage that I can't carry. And because I'm actively learning from him, he says, oh, Raina, I see you picked up that pocketbook. And it's so much easier to lay down at that point than it is to, to deal with all this other baggage. I'm not saying that if you're actively learning from the Lord that you won't ever make a mistake or pick up any baggage. Absolutely not. You will. You are a human being. You will make mistakes. Just relax with that. You were never intended to be perfect. There was one person that was perfect, and his name was Jesus. You are not Jesus. <laughs> when you're reading and you're learning, it doesn't mean that you won't pick up a bag or two. It means that he's able to show you so you can lay it down. And I can tell you this confidently. You'll make mistakes. But I can tell you confidently that if you're actively learning from Jesus, you will stay away from that long road of destruction that ruins your life. Because the minute you start to put your feet over there, God's like, oh, no, 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 no. We went the wrong way. Let's turn it around. Let's turn it around so gently. But that's what the Lord does. That's what learning from him, that's what it does for you. It gives you eyes to see. It gives you eyes to see what's going on in your life and your baggage. So last thing. This is where I got the title from. Take his easy yoke. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. He carried the burden that we were meant, you know, that we carried. He carried that for us on the cross. He carried the burden of sin for us. Um, The great exchange, the power behind it happened at the cross. And it's available to us at any point to take advantage of. He's offering his yoke which is easy to bear in exchange for your yoke, which is tearing into you. It's bothering you. It's heavy. This, this language is hard for us because, I mean, as long as I've lived here, I've never just seen a team of, you know, oxen just cruising on down the beach. But the yoke was this wooden form that rested on each, each um, ox as they pulled the weight together. And it had a bar on, uh, and, a, and an ox bow on each end. And the secret of it was it was perfectly fitted for each ox. It was specifically made, it was tailor-made for that team of oxen so that what they could do, the job that they were intended to do, they could do it easily. And it was easy to bear. And that's what Jesus does for us. Because here's the thing, there are some bags, some burdens that we are meant to carry. But they're light. The burdens that we're meant to carry, that are meant to be light, that are heavy, comes from our attitude about them. For instance, if you're married, honey, you have sealed the deal. It is done. You are supposed to be married. Congratulations. (laughs) But if you're going through life with a terrible, stinky attitude about your marriage, you're taking a burden that was meant to be light and exciting, and fun, and, and growth-inducing. And if you're, if you're just stuffing what was meant to be this, this light burden that you can carry through, if you're stuffing it with hatefulness, and you're stuffing it with just terrible talk, and you're stuffing it with anger, and pride, and there's a million things, then that's what's making it so heavy for you to carry. It's meant to be light. And that's where the great exchange can happen is you come and you say, Jesus, this is supposed to be a light burden that I was, you've given me and I've made it so heavy. Would you give me a good attitude about it? Would you empty out this junk that I've put in here, all these heavy rocks that I have filled, what was meant to be a light burden, 
And would you give me an easy yoke? That, that yoke, there's a story, the Sunday school teacher here, uh, this is obviously a long time ago, asked her class, um, you know, what, can anybody tell me what a yoke is after she read this passage? And a boy raised his hand and said, a yoke something they put on the necks of animals so they can help each other, which I'm not sure our children, would they know what that means? Either way, something to ponder. The teacher asked, well, what's the yoke Jesus puts on us? A quiet little girl raised her hand and said, it's God putting his arm around us. And I love that because that's what it is. Because you and Jesus, you're going together in the same direction. You're a team. You're going to Jesus. And he's obviously the leader, but you're going together. He didn't say, here's your mission. Go do it. He's with you. And so the yoke is perfectly fit for you and him to walk this together. It's, again, tailor-made. This last passage, and I'm only going to read a part of it. This, this is a list of things, and um, the first couple of verses is what Jesus read in the temple when he said, this is what I've come for. And so it's this list of great exchanges that he'll give you. It's, it's just incredible. But one of them is the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And he wants to give that to you. If you have a spirit of heaviness about you with all of your baggage, I challenge you to come to Jesus this week and ask for the garment of praise. The garment in that that original language means mantle. And he will put a mantle on you. So not only is your burden easy and light, but you are proud to carry it. You You are proud to praise the Lord and to carry that burden and to live the life that you've been called to live. So I challenge you to make the great exchange. Many times for me, the great exchange is I come with my burdens and Jesus shows me Marina, this you just got to let go completely. You can't control anything. Let that go. What if, Raina, that is not something you need to be thinking about. You know, the Bible says whatsoever things are true. So your what ifs aren't even true. Quit thinking about that. Let it go. Let it go. And then there's some things that I am supposed to be carrying that I bring to him. And the great exchange happens when I say this is so heavy. God, would you give me the garment of praise? And all of a sudden, he lets me praise him for it. And I begin to have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And the fruit of the Spirit comes where there was only heaviness and strife and turmoil. So meditate on this this week. Meditate just means roll it over in your brain. Think about it. Come to Him. Receive His rest. Learn from Him. And then exchange yokes. Exchange yokes and burdens with Him. Exchange, you know, your weariness for his rest and your heaviness for his lightness and your darkness for his light. And the greatest exchange you could ever make is your death for his life. And that's the exchange I made all those years ago. And the heaviest burden you could ever carry is unforgiven sin. And that's a burden you can't lay down by yourself. You can try, but your fingers will never ungrip that bag. You need help with that. You need a Savior for that, and that Savior is Jesus. So if you haven't come to know Jesus yet, coming to know Jesus, getting saved, you know, you hear that a lot. All it means is saying, I want you to be Lord of my life, Jesus. I, I believe that you're the Son of God, and, and I, I believe that you did die on the cross for me. And I believe that my sin can be forgiven because of what you did. Not anything I did, but just what you did, and I just want that. 
And so would you bow your heads today? I'm going to ask you if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior and you want to unload that heavy, heavy bag of sin today, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and nobody's looking at you. I'm just going to pray with you. Perfect. Awesome. I see your hands. What a thrilling day. Let me tell you right now, if you don't know peace, maybe you've never known peace and you've carried that bag of heaviness around, you can know peace this very day. So those of you who raised your hands, just pray this with me in your heart. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to make me a new person. Make those old bags of sin be gone and make me a new creation. I believe in you. I pray that you would teach me how to live and teach me how to love you. In Jesus' name.